Merry Christmas to you too. It is uh, quickly approaching. I know. Less than a week away when we're recording this. I know. When they hear this, it's going to be two days. Two days? Two days. Okay. You seem to know the schedule. I'm glad you know. I'm going to show up when I'm told. Man. But yeah, it's coming. It's coming fast. Well, um, you know, we've done a little bit of like Christmas Would You Rather mm-hmm. in our little podcast meetings here. But um, I have some Christmas music trivia for you. Nick, how do you feel about that? I don't know a lot about Christmas music, so I think it'll be fun. Could at least be funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, it'll be funny. Okay. Are you ready? I'll try and ready some, as I'll be. I'll try and give you some easy ones. Okay. Warm it up. All right. All right. Um, according to the song, what do you deck the halls with? Bells of holly? Oh, so Bows, Bows of holly. Bows of holly. Bows of holly. It's like, is that actually a word? Yeah, it, yeah. apparently, you know, probably 80 years ago it was. Very good. I'll, I'll give you one. <laughs> Ding! Okay. Uh, according to Frank Sinatra, what is the weather like outside? Frightful. You got it. Nice. You got it, Nick. Um, in the song, Mr. Grinch, what is his brain full of? Pass. Okay. No idea. What is it? Okay. Black spiders. Black spiders. Yeah. I was going to say sludge or something well, gross. Yeah, you're in the right genre. Yeah. In the right genre. Okay. So we're. I can hear the voice from the song. Yeah. But the words it, are not it, coming. I think it's in our holiday movie queue for this week is The Grinch. Nice. Okay. In Santa Claus, this is number four for you. We're two out of three. Mm-hmm. In Santa Claus is coming to town, the singer tells children, you better not cry, you better not. Shout? Shout is before cry, isn't it? Close. Pout. 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 Close. You got the right Oh, okay. 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 I got it. All right. How about this one? In the 12 days of Christmas, who sends the gifts? My true love. Yes. The singer's true love. The singer's true love. Not mine. Not Leah. Not Leah. It's the singer's true love. Good. I'll give it to you. I think we're, what, four out of five? (laughs) Four out of six. Three. Three out of six? Okay. Close enough. Yeah, I'm close. Uh, in which Christmas song is Santa encouraged to hurry down the chimney tonight? Again, I can hear the singer's voice to this song, too. Is it Santa Baby? You got it. Yes. All right, all right. Let's go. You're, you're going strong here. All right. What brings Frosty the Snowman to life? Hmm. Is it the corn cob pipe? No. You have a second guess? <laughs> oh, man, a second guess? It's probably not the button nose, then. You can't see mm. this because it's a podcast, but I'm giving I'm giving Nick hints. Oh, his, his hat. His magical hat. There his you magical go. Magical hat. Well I forgot played. about well, the magical well hat. Well played. Okay, let's see if we can get a little trickier. Oh, man. This is already pretty tricky for me. Okay. No, no, this one's actually easy. We've talked about oh. this before. Okay. okay. Who's saying, all I want for Christmas is you? Singer's name is like my weakest link. It's kryptonite for you, isn't it? I might have railed it's on. It's not Mariah Carey. It is Mariah it Carey. It is Mariah Carey. Yes. Okay. No. But here's, here's here we go. What wow. year, Nick? What year was the song released? 1989. No. Oh. But you're within five years. 1994. Wow. Okay. Okay. Now, bonus question because you're something out of something right. I have no <laughs> idea. No idea. I'm not that organized. But you're, you're mostly you're you're more than 500. Okay. 
Last one. What is the name of Michael Bublé's Christmas album? His album? No idea. None at all. I gotta guess. You gotta guess. It's Christmas. The album's title is Christmas. So oh. I'll give it to you. Yeah, that's what that's that's what I meant to that's, say. That's yeah, what that's I mean. What, like, that's what you. It is Christmas. Yeah. Yes, clearly. Christmas is a title. Clearly, clearly, Bublé's on repeat at your house. Yeah, clearly. Wow. Well done, Nick. Thank you. Well done. Well, that starts us off pretty well. Nick, today I have um, something to share with everybody, and uh, what I've got today is Advent lessons from a cemetery. From a cemetery. From a cemetery. I want to know what's going on at this cemetery. All right, all right. So my son goes to preschool at an adorable little church-turned-nursery school. The building itself is over 100 years old, and it is the picture of a quaint, early 1900s gathering space. White brick, single meeting room, with a steeple atop the building. Sometime in the last 40 years, the congregation outgrew their country chapel and built a sprawling 1970s-style building a few blocks down the road. The building was repurposed, but the backyard remained with the same designation it originally had, a church cemetery. So three times a week, we sit together, my son and I, waiting for school to start and talk about whatever is occupying his five-year-old mind. This week, he asked about the cemetery. Mommy, are there bodies in there? Ah, gonna need more coffee to navigate this one. Yeah, buddy. Uh, when people die, their bodies are buried in the ground. When I die, will I be buried? <sighs> yes, uh, your, your body will be put in the ground, but, but buddy, because of what Jesus has done for you, your soul's going to be with him. And one day, when Jesus returns, our bodies are going to be resurrected, just like Jesus' body on Easter. And then we'll be here in the world made right, made right with each other and, and with Jesus. Mommy, will there be flu shots in that world? Nobody. No flu shots. It'll be a world with no more sin or sickness or death or flu shots. Good. <laughs> My five-year-old, he's wise to realize that death is real. And a piece of our own family story, I think, has sparked his curiosity. He has two older brothers who were stillborn some ten years ago. They are woven into the fabric of our family and have their own stockings that hang on the mantle each Christmas season as a reminder of the gift of those precious lives. So, as I sit there in the preschool drop-off line, I wonder at the juxtaposition of the sweet nursery school decked out in Christmas lights and brimming with young life, and the cold silence of the church cemetery on the other side of the lot. For many, the holidays are a time of darkness and pain. The cold darkness of the cemetery resonates more than the artificial lights of the little school. I think of the woman with the diagnosis of advanced cancer, the man in his 70s whose wife is on the long, slow decline of dementia, the teenager feeling the pressures to perform at school and at home and the weight of anxiety that churns at his soul, the family up the street who buried their three-year-old this fall. For these people, their pain feels unrelenting. It is overwhelming. It is exhausting. Does the message of Christmas promise rest for those living in a world that's dying? I believe it does. We discover this rest as we look back, as we are fully present to the moment at hand, and as we look forward with hope 
to an uncertain future. First we look back. Visiting a cemetery makes us look back. We note the dates on the headstones and wonder about the seasons of life the person experienced. That one was born during the Great Depression. Oh, that one would have been coming of age at the beginning of World War II. Looking back or remembering is a complicated task. We can succumb to nostalgia, the temptation to repaint history with warm lights and soft music and ride out any relational strain, but that's not what Jesus invites us to do. We can take a lesson from the Hebrews, God's people of old, who were called in Deuteronomy 11 to remember God's instructions, to teach their children the stories of God's deliverance, and to write His commands so that they would not forget. We are by nature creatures of story. God Himself uses story to reveal His character and His plans, and we are drawn to stories like a cat to a Christmas tree. When we look back, we revisit the stories of how God has broken into history, both in our own lives and in the ages preceding us. We find peace when we look back to the gift of Emmanuel, the with us God, who came to reconcile us to God by his death on the cross. Jesus, our Passover lamb, comes to give his life, and in so doing, he actually starts to unravel the twisted lies and thorny branches of the curse. The grave, like the humble stable at the beginning of his story, proves only to be a temporary residence. Jesus is alive. We can look back at our own stories with all their complexity and remember that Jesus is our peace. He has done for us what we could never do for ourselves, and his work continues in and through us until his return. We are present to the moment at hand. A trip through a cemetery can spark a sudden intense need to check your Instagram or find your favorite podcast or compulsively start cleaning your car. Anything to numb or distract you from the looming questions or anxiety that might well up in you while in that space. The Christmas season can be a mixed bag of emotions as well. Yes, there is joy and anticipation, but there is also longing and sadness and grief. It's a complex reality, this being human, and we have the tricky job of holding it all in one finite human experience. But because Jesus came as Emmanuel, we can experience his presence with us today. When we hold space for a dear friend's story of intense pain and despair, we can trust that Jesus is present with us in that moment and that he is big enough to carry that pain. And then we can turn around and celebrate the season with our kids who are brimming with joy and sugar. Because Jesus is with us, we can live in the tension of the already and the not yet, knowing that he has done the work to bring us peace, but it has not yet fully been realized. We can rest and be fully present to the moment at hand, knowing that the with us God has tomorrow under control. Speaking of tomorrow, we can experience rest as we look forward with hope. Tomorrows are treacherous. Some of us are expert forecasters. We paint every tomorrow with pessimism, wrap it in anxiety, and preload our disappointment, thinking that it won't sting so bad when the worst does happen. Some of us are more Pollyanna types, blissfully putting off tasks and obligations with the sunshiny perspective that tomorrow will be full of possibility. 
Whether tomorrow brings sick kids and wrecked plans, or sunshine and relaxation, we can face it with peace, knowing that tomorrow has nothing on Jesus. Neither the shipwreck of calamity nor the exhilaration of a perfect day can shake the hold that Jesus has on me and the stability of his kingdom. Visiting a cemetery reminds us that our tomorrows are numbered. But we do not face that reality alone. While our names will likely one day be etched in stone in a similar cold, quiet lawn, that address will be a temporary one for those who are united with Christ. We can have peace looking toward an uncertain future because of the work of Jesus at Christmas. Let me leave you with words from theologian James Bryan Smith. I pray that they might be words of rest for you. I am one in whom Christ dwells and delights. I live in his strong and unshakable kingdom. The kingdom is not in trouble, and neither am I. Wishing you a merry and restful.